Uh, this will be the last thing that we can start. I'm suddenly really into Dazzler. I'm playing right now with my new Dazzler action figure. The first action figure I've bought in three years. I opened it in the box, came in the mail. And I'm so thrilled because I have some of her comics coming in the mail. And I thought, Bob's going to want to know this. I'll tell him right before we start the episode. I, I like Dazzler. I do too. She has roller skates. She dazzles. She what? She de- she be- if it was bedazzler. Would you like her? I would like her less if it was just here's my sweater with beads on. But I like dazzler. Hey everyone, ever and welcome to Twentieth Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And I suppose it would be a good spot to say, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, you, there was a gap in our conversation, and so I was going to fill it. Finally. Maybe a happy We've been year. talking for 17 minutes prior to that, but yes, finally a gap in this uh, conversation. <laughs> our first of the year, our first of the year, I apologize, we're up front, yeah. I apologize that there wasn't a new episode to start the year. I'm sick, and I've been sick, fighting a cold, and that's that's really not an excuse. Plus, I don't think anyone was really demanding an episode last week, but I'm sorry. I, we're a weekly show. We missed a week, and it's totally on me because I even had something that was almost up and ready to go. So sorry. We're allowed to have a, a vacation around the holidays, Tim. I think I think people will accept that. I know. I like how I'm pretending that we're getting a lot of pressure from the sponsors. <laughs> yeah, of course. We're allowed to. We could, we could do this twice a week or no a week. And it would be fine. You're absolutely right. No. I just thought no a week. It would be nice if it was weekly. And it and we're here. And it's good to talk to you because I we, we said moments before this episode officially started. Yeah, we haven't talked in a few weeks, so good to be catching up with you. Um hope your, your your entrance into 2018 was uh I, I mean I know how it went, but I'm gonna act like I don't. Um how was your New sure. Year's? Oh, it was okay. A lot of illness in this house. You were fighting a cold last week, and and uh, yeah, my wife has uh, has to have a procedure. Nothing crazy, all routine. But uh, um, we thanks for laughing at that. Well, I'll tell you, I'm. You won't share her name, but you'll share this. See, but see, as I was starting to, sh- as I began sharing this, I realized I sh- I don't I shouldn't be sharing this. This is not something she wants people to know. So uh, I I went. I went uh, very general with it. Procedure. Mm-hmm. You know, no yeah. details. Everyone's <laughs> fine. Happy New Year. My New Year's was fine. No one just asked me, and some of this will get edited out. Um, yeah. How would you start the show, <laughs> given the opportunity <laughs> just then? How would you have done it? Uh, uh, I, I I thought we kind of were starting the show. We, we um, were. We, we, yes, you did we our, were. You did you did your intro? Mm-hmm. Um, I usually you'll say your name. I'll then say my name, and then you you'll did. say, uh, then you'll say, tell me, Bob, what do you think of the X Files or that, something? That's to that topic. Effect. Yeah, good. Very hey. good. Right. We're talking, uh, well, and it's interesting because on the the last episode, the New Year's episode, we talked a little bit about X-Files, mainly how it it debuted in 1993, 
Um, wasn't something we were watching yet, but you commented on how this was a big show for me. You did, you did mention that. And, uh, I kind of yes. thought, or we thought, you know, in honor of the show. So they've done a, a new season of it last there were two years ago, there was season 10. And so season 11 started, uh, last Friday. So kind of, I thought in honor of that, Hey, let's do, um, let's do an episode about the X-Files. And I got to say, I saw last week's, saw last week's premiere. And based on that, uh, based on last week's episode, I am almost willing to say that I am over the X Files. Oh, really? It was crap. I did not. Oh, it felt I did not. Uh, yeah. You haven't. You, is it weird that it's coming back like in these fits and starts? Like it, it was two years ago that you had the last quote-unquote season mm-hmm. and then before that it had been what six years seven um, years prior to that it had been 14 years since had or 13 years 14 years off the air in 2000 holy cow back in i mean there was that movie in 2008 <clears throat> um did you watch the second or the did you watch the one from two years ago when that was aired no i didn't i lost my my drive for the x-files around the time that it was recast not recast but when uh um, John Doggett was it the John Doggett? Yeah, when he came in, Robert Patrick and uh, Robert Patrick and um, Annabeth Gish as uh, yeah, Mystic Pizza Rays. and T two <laughs> came in. They're awesome. I I actually love those characters. I like yeah. That's the thing. Obviously, I'm not over the X Files, and I'm really glad actually that we did choose to do this though because I think I would be questioning the show a bit. Um, and we'll talk, we watched, uh, we watched four episodes from the first season, which we're going to talk about uh, very quickly though. Yeah. I don't, this is kind of proof that not everything has to come back, you know, without getting into the sure. overarching plot of X-Files, which by the way, is what I most love about the show. I love, not most love, but I really enjoy the constant alien abduction storylines that were there, the alien conspiracies storylines, which I guess are a lot of people don't care for the, they're called mythology. Don't care for those ongoing episodes i loved them and i loved how the sure. series kind of wound it out you know and ended a little bit you know with, with not again i don't want to ruin how the series ends for everyone but there it, it was yeah, set up don't do that you'd actually you'd be ruining it for me because i'll be honest um i stopped watching it regularly after i stopped living with you um and so i've i've not really seen the episodes that that wrap it up or hint towards some sort of conclusion. I don't, I don't know what the end is. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. But so when you were watching the show, cause I know we would watch it together. If I wasn't around or when you were living, um, saying at Los Angeles and I wasn't there, were you watching it when I wasn't there? Like, is it a show that you opted to follow also on your own feel you could follow? Uh, yes. And there was a time I did do that. Uh, but then just there'd be an episode or two I missed. And I felt like I, I was out of a loop and it's not like it is today where you can easily, you know, stream it or find it somewhere. Somebody's posted it somewhere. Um, and so it would, I, I wouldn't be able to get back into it and feel like I know what's going on or have an understanding of it. So, um, yeah, I just sort of, I did end up stop, stopped watching it after a while. I do want to go back to it though. Um, there's definitely, it's, it's something that I definitely want to experience with, with my wife, um, because she did not watch it. Oh, really? That's kind of yeah. cool. I mean, I, yeah. So instead of talking, maybe we can, you know, we'll come back to talking about the new ones. Cause I, I think I, I do have some things to say that might benefit 
or might make more sense with the benefit of what we're about to talk about, why we enjoyed it. So we watched we watched some season one episodes from the very start of the show. Um, we chose them kind of because uh, last on our last episode, we discussed that in college, the first episode you and I ever saw was a random episode that we will talk about. Um, I think it was like the seventh or eighth in the series run. And it wasn't a great episode, better than I remember, but not a great episode and not a good exposure to the show. But what I'm... I'll start out by saying these four episodes we watched, the other three episodes of this four episode binge are phenomenal. Each of these episodes, I think, is a great starting point for the show. And any of these episodes that we watched, if I had seen those that week that we saw this other episode, this would have been my favorite show already. This is a pretty well-formed show from the start. And yet parts of what it is, you know, are, are almost foreign now because I think it, it did change. I think it did develop, but there is so much going on in these, at least three and actually all four of these episodes that everything I love about the show is in these four episodes. And I was impressed by that. Not each episode, but each episode has at least something. I, I love them. We, we watched four episodes in a row. Um, an episode called ice episode called space fallen angel and Eve. And going into it, I guess, you know, because we know the show, people know the show. Did you have to know a lot of the show to start off? Like we started off with this episode called Ice. Was it jarring to see? Had you seen it before? Uh, I'd seen Ice before. I'd probably seen Ice a few times um, because it is sort of a classic X-Files episode. From the first Um, season. I mean, do series normally hit it off pretty strong in the first season like this? Sometimes I think the good ones do. They do. Okay. The ones that end up lasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is one of those episodes, though, as I'm watching it, it's just a well-made, well-told story. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely kind of a new story to tell. No, it's the thing. Um, and Basically, I, it's an adaption of John yeah. Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> and and I And it doesn't strike me necessarily as an X-Files episode, but it is just a good, well-made, well-told story. That's true because Mulder and Scully aren't the central characters, really. I mean, they're there. It's an ensemble, kind of like it's not. Yeah. It could it could exist it's, also it's, without them, sort of. Exactly. Put put two different characters in there, and it's it's still a great hour of television. So what, um, why don't we, um, um start talking about this? Cause people know Mulder and Scully, people know the characters and I'm sure we'll get into them, but what's, what's the plot of ice? What's, what's the basic setup of this one hour episode of the X-Files? Uh, there is a transmission from a, an Arctic base, a science facility, uh, that Mulder gets a hold of, um, basically kind of mysterious and something's gone wrong. And so he and, and Scully uh, take it upon themselves to go figure out what, what may have happened. And they bring along some scientists that uh, might have some insight into what was going on at that facility. Does that, does that sum it up? You think? I think so. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's an isolated facility and they go there and they find that there's this strange, warm parasite that is getting into and driving people mad, making people aggressive. And as they get locked up in this very confined space and they're stranded because of a snowstorm, everyone starts to get a little agitated and soon everyone's questioning, well, does this, is this person, does this person have the worm in them? Are they nuts? Are they mad? And you know, everyone's getting understandably aggravated, but the whole idea is like one of us is being possessed by this strange 
parasite creature and it builds from there yeah. and again it's it's the thing <laughs> from the very start of this episode with a shot of the substation that might very well be lifted from the thing we're watching <laughs> someone who said oh i saw this movie john carpenter was a thing and made an episode out of it there's a dog in it just like the thing that's a something they pulled up from the ice just like the thing but i, I don't actually think they think they're getting anything by you i think it's an homage to it and i think it's inspired by it i think the x-files sure. did this a lot i think they did their versions of other things in episodes which is fine I mean, you can call it ripping off, but but because it, it is, it's a solid solid hour, and it is wonderfully about um, paranoia. This episode plays the paranoid tropes of the show very well. Right from the start, we get this cold open of this guy broadcasting up in the Arctic, and he says, "You know, we are not who we are." He keeps repeating that phrase. And that's a really sort of like 50s or 60s sci-fi thing where it's like it's not a budgetary thing. It's not an image. You know, it's not flashing special effects, morphing or, or geopolitics. It's just that phrase, we are not who we are being said over and over again, that you're given that. Yeah, and, other- and you know what? Uh, I was going to say, you know what I forgot about the X-Files having not gone back to it in, in so long? I forgot how awesome their cold opens are. Yeah. Like – like that, like I made my wife watch one of the cold open. I was like, I know you're not going to take the time to sit and watch this, but at least just watch the cold open. I hadn't seen, I can't remember which episode it was, but I hadn't seen it. I was like, just, I know this cold open will be intriguing and fun and spooky and weird. Let's watch it together. And uh, that, yeah, this one has it. All the episodes, even the one that I think is a, a really crappy episode <laughs> has a decent cold open. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, it's the, and this one started off perfectly. Well, and I think, and as and maybe even season one, eventually I think Mulder and Scully showed up more in in the cold opens. But a lot, yeah, it, it's in a way they're very formulaic, and it's like this is going to give you the setup of the show. Mulder and Scully are FBI agents; yeah. they're going to investigate a case. It's like Law and Order. It's like any any procedural show where it's like we're going to give you what they have to look at, and then by the contrivance of the show, they're going to encounter it. But the difference with that, I mean, the X Files. This is. You know, I think we're going to see as we talk about this, I, I learned a lot about writing and storytelling from this series, from the structure of it, how they told their stories. And I think the show is a procedural that has its formula, but these little openings, the plots that people are bringing to them, especially in these first two or three seasons, this is the Twilight Zone. This is the Outer Limits. This is kind of your horror anthology that doesn't need the tied down plot yet of I don't mean tied down in a bad way, but it's like, you know that the show's going to have Mulder and Scully and they have to investigate it. You know all of that. But these little teasers act as, as their own sort of bizarro, very artistically yeah. put together, very bizarrely written little mini movies. Yeah, like you're saying, they stand on their own. Like, what did your what, what did uh, your, your partner, your wife think of, of the sequence that she watched? Because I find it odd that oh, she's Oh, she ended watched. up not watching it. Oh, she didn't. <laughs> She couldn't. Yeah, she's she's too free. Oh. She's not a fan of of horror and thriller type things, and so she refused to. It was it was in the evening, um, and so she didn't want it to be like one image that she got stuck with as she was as she was going to bed. Um, so, but I know I do want to watch these with her, especially these early seasons that that I remember so fondly. Um, I've made her watch a couple episodes that standalone episodes. Um, from later seasons, sort of the 
the funnier ones because I thought she'd enjoy those and it might intrigue her. Um, but uh, no, she didn't get to, to watch the cold open. It ended up being, I think it was Eve. Now that I'm thinking about oh, it, I was, I mean, that's a great open later. We'll the get evening. to that one, but but with this, yeah, I mean, this is a good episode. The show, I mean, I would show this to someone if I was going to say, like, why don't you check the show out? Even though it's a little atypical, because again, I don't, you know, and it's early in the series run too. But Mulder and Scully aren't necessarily their characters yet. They're great actors, and it's a great concept. I know it's it's you know you got the skeptic and you got the believer, but then you can also twist that you got one's religious, one's not. You have all of that going, but they're you know they're not they're not necessarily the heroes of this story. No one's a hero of the story. I mean, you have Felicity Huffman play like that's the thing. There's a lot of recognizable actors in this. You have Felicity Huffman playing one of the yeah. research. Uh, scientists, you have Booger from Tank Girl or Booga from Tank Girl in it as the helicopter pilot. You had that, um, and I didn't like him at first, but he really grew on me. I'd forgotten that the nerdy guy who listens to sports there, and I'm forgetting that actor's name. I've seen him in a lot. Yeah, I don't know his name, but uh, he was very, like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, we're not going to get that that annoying character that he does. But in this, he was kind of just sort of tamped down from what I, you usually see him doing. He's usually loud. You did recognize him then. Like he, he does comedy. Oh yeah. Totally yeah. recognize him. Totally recognize him. Um, and then uh, Xander Berkeley as well, who is a, a character actor that the moment you see him, you, you recognize him. He was the other scientist. What else has he been in then? The the name's, oh, he's in Terminator too. Oh, he's gosh. John Connor's dad. Yeah, he's in a, uh, is he dad, in that? Maybe not. Maybe he's not. I see him in lots of TV stuff. I think he was like in 24. He's been in, he always plays like a military type of guy. Would he have been a big actor at the time of this, do you think? Um, not, probably not someone I would have recognized. I wouldn't have recognized any of these people at that time. I don't Cause think. it's so long ago. That was striking me. That's what's striking me. That's what struck me. I'm trying to say watching this is how old this episode actually is. And it looks it. I mean, they as actors look very young, but just the yeah. the way this show is put together, it's not cheap, but it, it's it's sparse at times. You know, it doesn't sure. show you so, like this. The effects they show you are pretty gruesome. Like the <clears throat> like the parasite is moving around first in a dog and then later in, in someone else. Um, you see it moving into the skin. That's a pretty gruesome effect. Like that's well done. The, the parasite yeah. itself is a very cheaply done, not cheaply done, but it's it's a lot of it's CGI, like early CGI. You can kind of see that, but it's all, I don't know, it all, it's so sparse looking and they work so hard and we'll see it in another episode when we get to it. I'll talk about it. They work hard not to show you stuff because they can't afford it and it, it, it really works. I mean, this episode built one set basically, you know, there's some stuff outside, but they built one set and they move around it and it's very intense. It's very claustrophobic. And again, it's just... It's very paranoid driven, you know, um, the, yeah. the whole we are not who we are thing. I can, I get that. That's, that's creepy, you know, doubting what you are that Mulder and Scully kind of have to decide, do we destroy the swarm? What if it gets out? You know, like there's this, this, they jump to the conclusion of what the worm is. They jump to the conclusion of it could destroy the planet and it's fine. It works in the context of the show. And at the end there's a government cover up where they burn the base down. So it's like, yeah. Got all these great, at least in the 90s, for me, subtle paranoid tropes that I wasn't seeing in a lot of other entertainment, but which was was a draw to me because I was uncertain. Yeah. You know, I did not trust the world outside my house. And in 93, I had to leave that house. You know, I had to go out into the world. And there was this sense that things work against you. There was this sense of 
You're not who you, you know, even within the few months of getting to college, you're not who you were in high school anymore. You're not going to fit. Who knows who you are? You're not what you think you're like. All these thoughts that can drive you paranoid were already in my head. So getting it in this horror show, you know, this horror show with an intense plot intrigued me, got, you know, got my attention. I, I probably saw this three or four seasons into the show is when I finally started seeing season one episodes. So I didn't see this right away, oh, yeah. but it speaks to me. That paranoia really speaks to me. And that when this show works, or this show works the best, I think, with that, when you just don't know what to trust, when everything is working against you. And I think this episode yeah. started well with that. Yeah, it's a fantastic episode. Um, and it, it's sort of a letdown to to move to the next one, because to me, the next one is 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 not it's not even just a bad X-Files episode. I feel like it's just a bad episode of television. <laughs> well, it's weird. The next episode, yeah, why don't you? It's the one we first saw together. What, what's what's the next it one? It is, ironically. <clears throat> so it's episode nine of season one nine, entitled Space. We didn't see the entire episode, if I'm remembering Thankfully. correctly. <laughs> when we first saw it, we were flipping around and uh, came across – what was kind of a weird image. If I'm remembering the scene we saw and maybe you remember it better, but I think it was the near the end of the episode where uh, the one older astronaut who's now the commander of the, of ground control, I think um, older astronaut now in charge of ground control is like freaking out in his bed, looking up at the ceiling, uh, sweating, looking terrified. And then this, ghost face image kind of appears over him uh and then he throws himself out a window well that's i think that's a couple scenes spliced together from what you said at least from what i remember but all those things do happen yeah because i think i think we saw from the beginning i want to say the same thing happens i I have a strong memory of the face and the ghost Mm -hmm. and that the close-up of that guy's head looking petrified um, and then the weird effect of a ghost face. Uh, but I don't, I didn't prior to watching this, I didn't have any recollection of what the episode was actually about. Well, it's about, and so this thing we're talking about, it, it's the episode is based on the face of Mars. And there's this very famous photograph when the, I forget which, what the name of it, a Mars probe that earth sent to Mars in the late seventies, um, took some pictures of the surface. And in one of those photos, is what looks like it could possibly be. It looks like the head of the Sphinx almost. It's um, it's a shape that some people say it's called the face of Mars, and it looks like a face. Like and people say it's it's an example of a giant statue or something built on Mars. Other people say it's just right. formations and tricks of light. But it, it's a creepy image. And I remember seeing yeah. that as a kid and thinking, "Yep, there's life on Mars." Because I was I was into this shit, <laughs> and not shit like I, I don't believe yeah. it. Just shit like this. This really got me worked up. I still believe in some of it, but like I, I was into this idea of extraterrestrials and, and, and uh, this idea of life on Mars and this face on Mars was creepy to me. Cause it was like, here's, we have proof was my thought. We, you know, it's a photograph. We haven't tangibly touched it, but I was like, we have proof. So this episode right from the start should have been a draw because I was into that fucking face. The show was taking something that I thought was my, you know, underground, unexplained research and using it. 
you know, and shortly after that, you get Mulder rattling off all these conspiracy theories. Like it was just hitting, it's firing all the cinders of stuff or cylinders of stuff that I should be into. And I wasn't when we saw it. Watching it this time, the first half isn't that bad. I mean, it's, the effects aren't as bad as I remember. It's not that bad because there's still the potential. There's the unknown. I mean, I think that's sort of, I think, what draws you and I to the face on Mars, for for example, mm-hmm. because you have that image. You have then now the possibilities of other things. And like, what does this mean? Uh, it's not proven. There's no, yes, it's a photo. Is it is it real? Uh, so there's that potential. There's theories that you can come up with. There's ideas and, and uh, conversations you can have and other people can have their opinions. And, and, and I think that's first half of the episode works that way too, because it's a mystery kind of unfolding. And so there's, there's this constant potential of, Oh my God, what could this mean? What, what's going on? How did they get that information? So I see, yeah, I agree that the first half has uh, some potential there and, and it seems intriguing, but then it just sort of all falls. Yeah. The second half is awful. And I think, and I don't know if this is true, but to watch it, this feels like this is an episode they did because their budget was low. <laughs> like there was a lot of exposition in this episode. There's tons of stock footage. Yeah. Like it, it's ambitious that it takes place at, at a, a, a space shuttle launch area. I did whatever that's called. I don't know what the name for that is, but you have mission control or whatever it takes place. There's, and there's yeah, sh- mission control, mission control. Look at, and there, there's rockets taking off. So they're using all this footage. It's jarring because it's footage versus film. But um, they're doing that. But most of it's just them walking around stairs, <laughs> walking in and out of the control room <laughs> and talking through it. And that that is kind of – I mean, the X-Files is big on exposition. They they do a lot of that yeah. because otherwise that's how they make the leaps and jumps into these outlandish sometimes or, or unexplained ideas. But this one, yeah, it's, it's well-directed. But you're right. It, it falls apart in the end because I don't – I don't think they even knew what to do with it, you know, because like yeah, that space mean, ghost effect is cool. Like I actually like that sequence when it flies out of his body. There's a scene where he's in his apartment and it flies out of his body and it flies out into the city, like through the window into the city and floats away. And I'm like, you don't see, I don't see ghosts in the city that often. That's an interesting visual. Sure. I think this episode was built of, I've got some visuals and here's this and here's that, but they don't really connect. That's the thing. There's no connection. I mean, you, you you started this by saying it was kind of based on the the face on Mars or an episode about the face on Mars. And yes, the face on Mars shows up at the beginning, but is it really about that in any way? It's about Chris Carter's heart on for really. NASA. It seems like he yeah, loves I NASA. <clears throat> I mean, he so so he sees this in a photo, but he's also, they show these flashbacks of him having the spacewalk. And again, that's more the footage that they, they use. And I guess we're supposed to hear uh, radio chatter of him seeing something in space again, not in Mars though, just, you know, in orbit above the earth. And so some ghost shows up in space and has possessed him from the sixties or seventies, whenever he did the spacewalk until now, the early nineties. And somehow he's sabotaging launches because the ghost is the space the ghost, ghost is. doesn't want yeah the space ghost doesn't want you up in his neighborhood uh, so yeah nothing comes together the other thing about this episode that I don't like um, 
is that it, like you're saying, it is NASA. It is mission control for a shuttle launch or some sort of craft launch. And to me, that's not something the X-Files would have gotten involved in. Yeah. Um, like it, it's too big. It's too large of a thing. Uh, I like the X-Files is great because it would find out about this one mysterious weird thing. And these other episodes, I think, uh, well, Fallen Angels kind of big too. And I, I didn't like that aspect of it initially. Uh, but the other two uh, are kind of these smaller things that they just sort of catch wind of and they go and investigate in a small town, you know, um, to regular people. And so that's the other thing about this one I didn't like. Not only did it not come together, but it was NASA space program. Something's going on. Why are these the only two that are involved in this investigation? It just nothing, nothing worked. Well, I mean, they're, they're Scooby doing it. I mean, basically Scooby Doo doesn't exist as a show unless they encounter the haunted park or the haunted candy factory. So they have to stumble into it. X-Files does the same thing. You don't have an episode if what they're investigating is, you know, drug trafficking or, or, you know, so I'm trying to think of a simple crime that the FBI investigates. You need them to get into these bigger things. And yeah, again, they're at NASA. Maybe, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with, with a lot of this episode. It is kind of the end because it doesn't go anywhere. It gets ridiculous because they're see, everyone's seeing the ghost. <laughs> they see like, you know, there's part of it is that there's a shuttle in outer space. That's that this ghost is, I guess, sabotaging and they play audio from one of the astronauts shouting some kind of ghost outside the ship or something. It's like, well, that's that's weird. Well, that was, wasn't that part of the flashback? Wasn't that supposed to imply what happened to the the older guy who's now the, it the leader the, of Mission that Control? It also happens in the modern day because doesn't it sabotage a ship? Because oh, they have it? to land. That part I hate. That it's like we can land the shuttle, and Mulder suddenly like, yeah skilled at guiding <laughs> like a shuttle to land. Yeah, all that stuff's crap, and it's supposed to be pat on the back applause. Yeah. The show was young. I don't think it knew what it was doing. And I think even Chris Carter admits that this is not a great episode. It's not the worst piece of television ever. And it's probably not the worst X-Files episode. It just, it, it does kind of, it doesn't quite, oh. and for an episode hero, it doesn't quite know the show. Except that yeah. there are a couple things in this that I still liked. I mean, more than the previous. What did you well, like? More than the previous episode, this feels like it's Mulder and Scully. They feel like characters. We get a little bit of Mulder's backstory okay. that he wanted to be an astronaut and he has this fanboy nature of meeting an astronaut. You know, that stuff, because I, especially in these earlier seasons before the romance was there, I love watching these two characters interact because I, I like that Mulder. And now that I'm older, I'm like, Mulder is very narrow minded for someone who has all these theories. Like, I like how he always looks for the, you know, the, the, the most extraordinary theory, but it's kind of like, you're not looking at facts if that's what you see all the time. And I think yeah. when I was younger, yeah. I thought, of course, of course, that's how you see it. And it's the nature of the show. But now I'm like, he sounds like a nut half the time. But then <laughs> Scully, like the character of Scully is an amazing character because she's not, she is skeptical of what he's saying, but she's not skeptical of him as a professional. Like she admires the work he does. She admires his drive and she supports him. You know, I think as the characters yeah. grow, she supports them and, and it becomes a bigger deal because of when their jobs are on the line or when the world's on the line. And I've always liked that dynamic. You see some of that in this episode. 
I just, I enjoy seeing that play out. And I love watching them at such a young age because they knew these characters pretty early on. They knew what they were doing or they were making fun of it and it became the character. I can't quite tell with David Duchovny. I don't know if he's a good actor <laughs> and if he is, I don't know if he enjoyed this role, but, but it's fun to watch them. And I will take watching younger season or earlier seasons, younger Mulder and Scully meshing. The other thing this episode sure. does do is they're talking about how this ghost sabotages space programs and space flights. They mentioned the challenger in this episode. The upright said this ghost sabotaged the challenger. That's and true. It's, this is seven years after challenger exploded. So I guess that's a long time, but the X-Files uses a lot used a lot of real life um, atrocities in its stories. It made use of historical events to build this mythology of the show, as they always call it. You know, there's a lot about World War II, Operation Paperclip, a lot of government testing on people. There's a lot about the JFK assassination. There's this. I mean, they put it in there in such a way. In this episode, it doesn't necessarily work because it seems a little ridiculous because we don't like this episode. And because it, something about that seems a little jarring, you know, it's like at that point, it's like seven years later, are you allowed to make fiction out of these people's death? But I do like that in the show. I like how the X-Files would always find a way to integrate itself into the real world. Like I don't understand half the time the science, the medical science that Scully's talking about or the how a computer works science that they talk about, but it sounds real. And it's somehow working into something that exists. So it, it makes the show, to me, it would always, I was believing a lot of this stuff anyways, but it makes the show a little more like, oh, of course, of course it's aliens. Of course it's a Loch Ness Monster because it ties into real world facts in an interesting way, which is great. I think that's sure. a great way to write. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I don't know if I'd enjoy the show as much if it was more far out there, if it was if it was more uh, space opera, mm -hmm. you know, kind of making up the the science as they go along, but to base it in reality, it, it makes it that much more uh, relatable and enjoyable. And and uh, no, would you like if it was less for what less science fictiony? Like if it was less about like if ultimately, would you like an episode where they do just go out and research? a real world FBI case that we know exists without all these other extraneous fantastical No, elements. I mean, I think that's what makes it, no, that, that makes it to show those fantastical elements, but, but they're not like, and, and I, I'm not <clears throat> as, uh, as versed in, in all the episodes as you are. So you might, you might correct me here, but, but all of the, the things that are out there that are um, fantastical, all have a little bit of, of reality to them. Um, or at least there's, there's something to latch onto, you know, just, um, you know, alien encounters. Sure. That's, that's feasible that that could be out there somehow happening. Um, uh, what are, what are, what are some others? I'm trying to think off the top of my well, head. Like now. Just shifting super viruses, yeah, time travel. Yeah. Um, all of that demon possession you can find you can find something in the real world that you know r recordings of of exorcisms that you that exist that are real and so to kind of uh, put that into the show and add visuals 
and add a little more mysticism to it um, is is what draws me to the show. Now, are you at the time, anyways? Were you a believer in some of this? Like, do you think alien abductions is something that happens in the real world? Yeah, it's something that I still can't tell you that it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think at that time I probably believed it or wanted to believe to coin a phrase, um, much more than I probably do now. I probably don't think about it as much now. Well, this um, phrase you just invented, that's interesting. This, this wanting <laughs> you, you uh, want to believe, what does that mean to you exactly? Like to say, cause I know what it means, but to say like back then you wanted to believe, explain that, like explain what it is to be, have been 20 year old Bob wanting to believe in alien abduction. Oh, wanting to believe in alien abduction, wanting to believe in the Loch Ness monster, wanting to believe in time travel. You just want there at that time. And in that part of my life, you just wanted there to be something more. You want there to be a mystery to the world. You want the world to just have, these phenomenons that exist beyond your trivial daily got to get up and go to class life. You want to be able to suddenly find yourself. Maybe there's a potential of seeing a craft in, in the sky and, and seeing a ghost in your hallway or in the Charles gate elevator. It's like, you just kind of feel like there'd be more to your life. If you knew that there was more to the world out there. Maybe that's what it was. I mean, that makes that that is a a great summation of that phrase, by the way. And I and and that is definitely something I can relate to now. But you at twenty, do you think that was your how you felt? Like, do you think you would have had that thought? Like, I explicitly believed, without a doubt, that aliens were visiting Earth, that aliens were abducting people, that Whitley Stryber wasn't nuts, that Bud Hopkins knew what he was talking about, that Linda Moulton Howe solved cattle mutilations. Like, I believed all of this. Now I understand what you're saying, where it's like, I don't know if I believe it because I just have people's stories and books. I want to, like you're saying, because I want the bigger scheme. Everything you just said, is I get that now. But the me watching this at 1920 and then through its run felt without a doubt that these things were real and that this TV show was tapping into that. Like, I don't think I thought this TV show was necessarily representing this exactly what was going on, but I thought, no, it's, this is real and they're making fiction out of it. And so it strikes me odd that I would enjoy that fiction because isn't that almost treating my beliefs as 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 tripe as crap as not not real? Because you make a show out of it. Yeah. But for you at that time, I mean, so even then, you weren't a hundred percent sure. No, I I don't think I was at that time. For me, it was still always just the potential and and the. The, the possibility that it could be, but I still didn't, I didn't believe it. I hadn't seen enough evidence to believe it. What were you looking for, for evidence? Cause I mean, I must've seen the same evidence or whatever, as you saw. And I was convinced because I read it in books again. I, that's where it's coming from. I think, yeah, I think for me, I wanted to see it. I wanted to witness it. I wanted to be the one discovering it. I wanted to be with the one exploring and finding it, um, putting the, the pieces together to, to open a, 
a, a, a time warp. You know, I don't. I I felt like that's what I needed. It's like I needed to to be the one there with others and experience it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved I loved reading about it. I loved watching the specials. I watched you know the the sightings that we talked about, and and we've looked through those books, and I absolutely loved it. And and I would see the th- shadows and hear the stories and get the tingle in my arm and, and think about, <laughs> the wow, tingle. if I was, if I was in that situation, I've always, there's one, I, I think it was on the sightings or, or some such episode where uh, this has always stuck with me, where there was a video footage that somebody took of, of a craft or something over his house and they're they're filming it and their house is in the bottom of the picture so you can see that it's above you know whatever it is it's floating above their house and they go back inside they say and they replay it and they watch it and as they're watching it after the fact they see in the window of their home in this video footage a figure a shadow Shit, of a I have this across I know exactly what Yeah I've I've, I've I've watched it with you this oh, is where I saw oh, okay. it Okay I was like and oh the, I've seen this too yeah and that is just the creepiest, freakiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, they pared down. You but just figure see, waddle across to pass the way. Yeah. And, and to see that, I want to believe that that is a creature from the craft and that they had left the house to see it, to see what was in the sky, and therefore they didn't realize something had gotten into their house. That that concept and that visual that they that they have is is fantastic. I probably would have needed to be there to fully believe that. But seeing it, I believed, I wanted to believe that that was what, what they were talking about was real. Yeah. I mean, um, I, but for me, I, I need, I need to be there. I assume we both were struggling with the same feelings. as I think we approach it differently because you're right. There, there's nothing saying we should believe that we just want to, you know, who didn't believe it, by the way, that was an episode of Inside Edition and Maury Povich, they would cut back to him. Oh, was it? So dismissive. <laughs> I think his line was like, remember it was Halloween, maybe it was a trick-or-treater. So it's like basically saying, I'm a newsman, <laughs> god damn it. What was that? But. Oh, and look where he is now. Exactly, right? He could have been a trick-or-treater. Could have been a guy hosting a show about if you're the, I don't, I don't have a joke there. thought I did. I don't like you, Mark. No, Rose. don't abandon the joke. He lucked out. He married Connie joke. Chung, who was an amazing reporter. And I bet that was frustrating. It probably was. Because I, I bet she reported on dinner and reported on when they were getting in the car to go. And I bet <laughs> she was just always reporting. I bet it was very different. I don't always. know if they're still together. But I don't know. Like that video, like watching that video, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I believed it. you know. And again, maybe it's just I wanted to because I didn't. I guess I never separated in my head. I never started pulling apart. Well, wait, why would this happen? And blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I, I just, yeah, because I wanted to, it's like you said, you wanted to find it. You know, you, 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 something is, I guess you wanted to be the person to uncover it. Is there, wait, what did you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably said both of those things. Like uh, I wanted to be the person that caught Bigfoot, <laughs> you know, um, that that would have proven to not just me, but to everyone else that this thing is real. Um, and and I think you and I have both, we've talked about this before, uh, we've both had experiences where we were mm-hmm. there and something did happen. With, with ghosts. Yeah. And I yeah, yeah. And so to to varying degrees, I do believe in in that sort of stuff. 
Um, but, but at the same time, it's like you start to doubt yourself, or at least I start to doubt myself. It's like, oh my God, that just happened. That was so real. I believe it so much. And then take time away from it, spend time away from it, talk about it more. And oh, it could have been that. It might have been this. Mm-hmm. Like the rationalizing so, of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the dichotomy of those two characters to a degree. I think of Mulder and Scully is that, I mean, Mulder is the let's go find. I mean, I think with this stuff, I always wanted to be the one who blew the lid off of it. You know, I would read these UFO magazines as a kid, these books. I thought I was building the knowledge and I was going to prove to the people, no, it's true. It wasn't necessarily that I was going to find the UFO, but I was going to point like, here's the files, see the government lie. Like I wanted that because that seems so important to me. So obviously this Mulder yeah. character was so endearing to me because he was that character. So he was like the the one going out, pointing out the things, talking about it. Scully was the other side of that, a little more developed than how I think you or I approached it. But she was sort of the, well, here are the others. Because she could give you bizarre – I mean she was just as versed in ridiculous information as he was. Because she would have the facts of, you know, well, there's a very rare, you know, Bulgarian spore that makes men, you know, but she would have those <laughs> things to give you the balance. And I think, at least in the earlier seasons, when they didn't necessarily have to have concrete explanations, that's a great dichotomy for making it work. Because it's not that she doesn't believe in things. She's a doctor. She's a scientist. She needs proof, like you're saying. But she's willing yeah. to go in on it and she's willing to research her case. I, you know, they say she's, I don't know if she's a skeptic. I mean, she is, but it's not like the bitter um, Philip class skeptic who just gets off on, on, on pointing out fallacies and, and deflating UFO balloons. She, I mean, she's doing, you know, she's working with him and also offering equally uneasy information for these cases. And I think, the show could have gone differently if that if those roles were more com- were well the roles are competitive if the t- characters were more at each other's throats but they respected each other it allowed this harmony yeah. like their ethics were the same their morals were the same it's just their approaches and belief systems were different and i think that was a really strong that's that's why they're both great characters, and I think that's one of the things I was drawn into it because she, she was she was a side of me that I wasn't. You know, she, I didn't have that rational thought of, well, you know, it could also be a balloon, or well, you know, that could have been a prowler in the window, or why would they have framed like all those things? I didn't have that, but I the show yeah. made it a little more approachable for me that she was there You're talking about ghosts and stuff i was fine with ghosts i never wanted to see an alien i was terrified that i would for some reason to me aliens are far oh, yeah. more scary than ghosts like this this sentient being sure. this craft and all that was terrifying to me like that was the thing like as much as i wanted it to be true i i was so terrified of the day where i would turn on the tv and one would be there you know the evidence would be yeah. be made I must have seen stuff as a. Have you ever, have you ever seen anything like uh, we've both had ghost experiences? Have you ever had an alien? Have you ever seen a UFO? No, I've never seen a UFO. I've never seen an alien. Um, I, th- I think I-, I saw an unidentified flying object. I'm not saying it was uh, from another universe, but I saw one in Boston, one time. It was. It could have been like a Mylar balloon, except it just stayed in the same spot. 
for a very, very long time. It looked metallic. Um, nobody else around me saw it. It was a busy day. It was literally, it was like one of those scenes from a movie where I'm like the one guy uh, in this crowd of people, commuters walking around, uh, you know, going to, to and from work. Uh, and I'm the one guy standing there looking straight up for like 10 minutes straight, waiting for this thing to move. Uh, it was it was a very odd thing. When to see. was it? What was the year? Um, it had to have been. I was working at Fidelity, so it had to be ninety nine. I I would say because that was ninety nine two thousand. That was the year. The two years I was at Fidelity. It's a, it's weird how, and maybe not for you. But I don't know if it does. There's a pivot in my life where I think there would be a big part of my life where I would have thought, yes, alien craft. If I saw that now. I would have thought I would think government device, surveillance device, missile. Like mm-hmm. there's a darkerness now, and something that I would see in the sky. My first thought would be that's that's a government device. They're spying on me. Like there's a weird switch in the paranoia of what yeah. is it? Like I would prefer to childhood to adulthood. Well, I don't know. It's childhood to adulthood or events to events. I don't know. You know, that's the thing. Like, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit and we're jumping into the next century, 21st. But X-Files was becoming a rickety machine, I guess, towards the end of its run. It kind of stopped working after New York was attacked. And after, and I'm not sure why, because I was just about to say after, but it's like, that's not a conspiracy, (laughs) New York being attacked. I guess at the time we thought it was, but something changed the moment this country was really threatened. I mean, X-Files isn't always based on this idea of of the country being threatened, but there was this idea of outside, you know, politics and, 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 and Cold War politics. And the show worked really well with that. You know, don't trust the government, this and that, which are good thoughts. And then after New York was attacked, that immediately felt weird on TV. I still liked it, and I'm still glad it was there, but it was a different climate for the show. I mean, this is a show that celebrates paranoia, celebrates distrust, celebrates conspiracies as heroic things to celebrate. And I don't know. I I still liked it, but do you think that that – change it do you and maybe it didn't maybe i'm wrong this do you think that kind of feeling one do you think it's that do you think this is a show that celebrates conspiracy and paranoia and things like that yeah i don't know if celebrates the word i would use but it's certainly um it's it's a a a tool that it uses part of Um, no most everything in the show is conspiratorial in some way people hiding secrets it's a powerful yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely there i just don't know I don't know if I would say they're celebrating. I mean, it's not like they're throwing a party, and if they are, we wouldn't know. But I just, I mean, it's 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 kind of like it's (laughs) it's the drive of the show. So maybe it's not celebrating, but it's like it's it's the it's the fuel of the show. It's the energy of the show. Is don't trust no one, and And that's your catchphrase. And for wearing that on a (laughs) t-shirt. And it's also the drive to to figure it out or to be there when it's figured out to watch it to its conclusion. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. You, you, there's just, you lose your taste for that after something like that happens. I mean, I, I did uh, it. And though. so you're not, you, you, you want to lose yourself in, you didn't, is that what I you said? I mean, not did not. No, I mean, I guess, because that's the thing, like the show was always entertaining, but I don't think it was ever just entertainment. I mean, I think I did take things for good or for bad from the show as, you know, like I learned about stuff. I learned what Operation Paperclip was. I learned 
um, about, and now I'm blanking on what the, the chemical agent tests were in the 60s. I mean, I learned about actual programs that, you know, going back to what we were saying about the Challenger, that this government did. This show taught me to distrust the government in a way, to distrust the powerful, to distrust those who control. No, I got that from the show mm. in a more direct way. Maybe it was there from something else, but this show funneled that into a belief system, which relies on paranoia and conspiracy theories to exist. But there's something else to it. I think it's good to question authority, but this show, and I think I think this is good too, taught me to not trust authority. Like, don't. It's out to get you. It's trying to control you. Do you get that feeling from the show? Is that there for you? Uh, no, no, it that didn't come across for me. No, um, for me, it was it was sort of seeing these theories and uh, creatures and and ghosts and and alien things that uh, that I've talked about that I've read about that I was interested in seeing them uh, put into these storylines and brought to life in a way that I was never able to do myself. So that, that, that was my draw. And I never, yeah, I mean the whole trust no one thing um, worked in the, the story, but it didn't spill into my life. You like the standalone episodes more than the overarching Cause the show has this overarching alien conspiracy plot line um, that usually. Yeah, I probably do. Yeah. I probably do enjoy the standalones more, but I know that the mythology episodes uh, are important and I enjoy them. And and I just, I don't think, here's the thing. I think I missed some along the way. And so when you get to another mythology episode, I'm, uh, I've, I was lost. I was a bit lost. <laughs> well, let's talk. I mean, the next, so, the next yeah. episode we watched is an early mythology episode, if you want to call it that. It's called Fallen Angel. Um, it's an episode about a UFO crash and recovery. Um, and I, again, I love this episode. <laughs> I think this is a great fucking episode. It makes me, it's, um, yeah. see deep throat, which is Mulder's secret informant within the government who doles out this information to him. Um, we get to see a precursor to the lone gunman, which was this group of, um, kind of like science nerds that would help Mulder out. There's a character named Max Fennig, who's a MUFON, a mutual UFO network uh, researcher who gets tied up in the storyline. Um, and, you know, we, we see Mulder trying to uncover this government conspiracy, which is that they, they're, they're trying to scoop up the, they scooped up the remains of a crashed craft, but they lost the alien. They're trying to find it. And there's this whole mysterious storyline with Deep Throat sending him on this mission. And you don't really see what the alien looks like. You don't really see what the craft looks like. But it's this idea that there's a military presence and they're trying to silence the whole thing. And I just, I fucking love this episode. And I wonder when they wrote it, when they were putting it together, did they know the conspiracy yet? Did they know what this overarching plot line they were working with? Or were they just throwing stuff out because first couple seasons of the show never really stopped to explain everything. Like we don't get right. anything in this episode of really what's going on with the alien and the craft. And I think that's fine. Like I, I love this episode. It's, it throws out Gulf breeze sightings, crop circles, um, the abduction scoop mark 
tricks uh, that people get when they're abducted, Project Argus, like they, they throw out all these real world things again into it that just makes me makes it feel like this is really happening. And you have Mulder infiltrating the base and getting caught up in it. And Scully has to come, I think, to get him back to to Washington, D.C. because they're good. the X-Files are going to get shut down if they don't go to this review. So you have them working against time. You have them working against the bureaucracy. And this is why I think I like Mulder. And this episode sets it up. like He's this rebellious truth seeker working you know against the 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 bureaucracy bureaucracy but also you know trying to usurp the dominant power he knows that there's this group of this cabal the secret group of of men running the world and he was trying to overthrow them and he gives a great little speech at the end of it right to their faces about the truth and about fighting for the truth i didn't write any of it down but i just that was a rallying cry, stuff like that, to me as a kid. Like I would see this episode and I would be so wanting to talk and be like that, sticking it to the man sure. power or whatever without really saying anything. But I mean, this is why I like Mulder, I think. He is this rebellious punk character in a way. You know, he's established as an outsider, he's established in the basement and in all the files nobody wants. And he can stand up to the government. I mean, I uh, did you like this episode? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I still kind of felt like it was bigger than what I remember these X Files episodes this being. One did? Like it just—I mean, I think they handle it so yeah. well. You never get to see anything. It's all kind of blurry. You don't really know what's going on. Yeah, but. I mean, there is there is a point near the end where you've got the the military, you know, um, calling out coordinates or something, and 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 uh, trying to to capture or kill this this rogue alien, yeah. um, which just to me again seems a little bit bigger than I remember the other types of mythology episodes being. Everything was a little bit more. Um, well, I don't want to say. Uh, more mysterious, but uh, like, I, I don't remember another episode where there is actually an acknowledged alien running around that they're trying to kill and capture. Does that happen at any it other point? Does. And not just that they are, but, I mean, but that the military, this general, the, the whole, you know, shutting down, you know, closing down a whole County, um, yeah, just seemed again, bigger than that. That's a rip off of close encounters. But, yeah. They close encountered it. Yeah. Well, um, so, so, so that aspect of it didn't feel like the X Files that I remember. Knows. But again, I haven't been back to it. Like you've got the. That's the thing. Not everybody knows. I think this is important in the show. You have the. You know, you have people within the government who know there's an alien loose. You have the leader of this military unit, the general, or whatever, the guy who's kind of in charge of the unit. Who knows there's an alien on the loose? I don't think the men he's with know. I think there's even a line where they ask and he tells them just to carry out their orders. I don't think everyone knows there's an alien running around. And that's part of what I like about this. It's covert. And yet the people doing the covert actions don't even know. I mean, I I think back then and even now, but back then, I'm coming across sounding so paranoid. Jesus Christ. But back then, I think I really (laughs) believe that's how the world works. People are in the dark to what they're doing. I mean, this is how conspiracy Mm. theories is why they thrive in the the weak-minded like myself, because you can feel powerful (laughs) from it, because I know something you don't. 
But uh, I think the show, I think this episode, because the alien plot line is big. <laughs> it encapsulates the whole earth, all of history. It's a big plot line. But before we knew all that, I always liked it because you find out little bits and pieces. And in this particular episode, you don't get much except that there exists yeah. within the government knowledge of this and not everybody has that knowledge. And I, I feel like that's so great and so important to the show. It's so key to how the show works in some of these plot lines. And I think a lot of people don't like, I don't know why don't like the alien plot lines, but I didn't think it was too big at all. I really, I love this episode. This mm. is another one I would show someone if they were like, I want to get into the X files. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll go back and watch it again. No, we don't have to have the same thought. I'm just, I guess I'm. No, I, I just, I, I do. Cause I don't know to me it, um, it, it, and again, I'm coming back to it. Um, I basically watched the X-Files uh, as it went along, mm -hmm. going back to some episodes here and there because you had them on, on VHS tape. Um, and we would watch those over uh, a few times. But generally, I wasn't in a place where I was going back and rewatching things. So for me, I have just my, my overall memory of, of the X-Files. And this particular episode, while I do see a lot of components of the X-Files that I remember – to me, it just didn't feel like the X-Files that I remember watching later on, later seasons. Um, maybe it's because the, there's the militaries involved in, in a bigger way. Maybe that's what threw me. Um, maybe it's Mulder uh, basically infiltrating this base kind See, of that, uh, that was the one part I've written down to. That's not how I like Mulder. He's not a man. He's not an yeah. action hero. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and so maybe that's that's what threw me, and that happens early on in the episode. And so maybe that threw me for the rest of the episode. I like too. that he gets in there. Um, I, I like I, that he sneaks like, in. I just don't like that he's so he comes in by holding on to the bottom of a truck. I don't like how he yeah. does it. Like that's this is why he yeah. needs help. He's not good at that part I, normally. I do like Max, yeah. who is kind of like like you said, like a lone gunman precursor. Um, I like that aspect of it. I like the dynamic between uh, Mulder and Scully in this episode. Um, I like that it comes back to the FBI headquarters and, and having to defend and fight for the X-Files. Uh, but the, I don't know, something about the military aspect of it and this rogue alien running around and, and gunfires and explosions just didn't sit as a, as a, as the kind of X-Files episode I, I liked watching. I would not have missed an episode after this episode if this had been the one we had seen. This just hit sure. so many points of what I love. And that's the thing. It's like if 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 I'm watching this and this is all I'm seeing, absolutely. Oh, this is okay. interesting and 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 can grab you, but I'm coming back at it with my history of the X-Files and so I, I don't remember watching this one in the initial run. Season 1, I have not seen a lot of season 1. Mm -hmm. Um, and so coming back and seeing this episode, which might be the first time I've ever seen this episode. Oh, really? It, it, it might, it might be. Um, so it didn't strike me, uh, as this amazing, you know, first mythology episode. Like you were saying, it almost feels like it could be its own little standalone alien episode because I hadn't figured out the mythology of things yet. And so now in retrospect, it sort of fits in there as one of those episodes, but it didn't necessarily start out that way. Well, I think the talk about the show, I think that's why people sour on the show or that's why they at least the shower on these things is that eventually 
And maybe this is just what happens when you try to do an ongoing plot line. Eventually you have to start solving things. You know, the show can't yeah. progress forever with them never understanding anything about the alien conspiracy, but nothing after a few seasons of whatever they reveal will ever live up to the mystery of it. So you have this conflict going on that I don't know if they had intended to make it the forefront of the show. You know, I don't know if they thought that Fallen Angel could tie into other stuff. I think they were just writing fun stories in these first couple seasons, which is one of the reasons I love yeah. these seasons is they don't, they know the characters and they do know what the show is, but it's more of this anthological kind of, uh, here's, you know, someone said, well, I had a story about a guy who can change shape, write an episode about it, you know, or I have a story about killer twins, which was the last episode we were watching. I don't think we're going to get to it unless you have a lot that you want to say about it. Sure. I, I just, I, I, I feel like these first couple seasons, it's a concept. The X-Files is a great concept. These two characters are a great concept. But the first couple of seasons, you had people coming to the show, possibly, I don't know if this is true, but it felt like with their the horror story, they never got published or the sci-fi story, they couldn't quite find an ending to. So they're coming in with their great nightmares, their great stories. And because they have yeah. to write for these characters, it's basically these characters now find those stories and have to solve them. And it's like, what a great way to start off your show and build your show. Because it is a procedural, yeah. it is a law and order, it is a, a um, law and order SUV, it is a law and order Miami, it is whatever the many law and orders are, because it's it just happens to be two engaging characters and, and topics I'm interested in, but it really is sort of just, here is the headlines from National Enquirer or whatever that we're pulling to make an episode out of. And I think that's right. great. And I feel like this show was new for that. I don't think there was a horror anthology. I know you can, you know, there was the Friday the 13th and there was, um, you know, the tales from the dark side, there were shows on TV, but I don't think there was something like this that allowed you to explore whatever genre you wanted of the unexplained while also bringing in these really strong characters. I just, it, it boggles my mind. This is a, this similar to the Sandman comic is a show about telling stories. In this case, they're ghost stories. That's why you get the teaser. That's why you get the pacing. And it's just about sharing these stories that scare you, that make you jump, yeah, jump. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, in this modern era that we were in, the alien conspiracy, at least for me, is the bigger ghost story. I'm more scared of creatures from another planet. I'm more scared of this overarching plot of a secret government to wipe us all out for their own purposes. Like those are the, the boogeyman stories for me in the nineties. That was what it was. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, and I'm not like a rebel punk, but there, it was, it, it, I did have this fear of, you know, dominant power of a small group, you know, of power over the smaller group. And this show plays off that fear in such an amazing way unhealthy at times but mostly just amazing creative engulfing way and i think that's why one of the reasons it hit me so hard i don't know i i just like are you connected outside of watching it with me are you connected to this show um i wouldn't you know what i don't think i could say that i am my memories of like, this do you show... relate to Mulder or scully as characters um i relate to them in, in a way that they seek out the truth, you know, it'd be great to know what's really happening out there. 
um, but not in in such a way that that uh, I'm I'm lost in the conspiracies of it all. <laughs> I'm lost in the conspiracies. <laughs> I don't know that you are. Did you hear that? I just heard it. <laughs> Is that what you that was? It? You heard it. Okay, that's I did hear it. That's 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 wonderful. Perfect end of the show. <laughs> well, we're back. Um, www.20popcast.com. That's the homepage for 20th Century Podcast, this podcast. On it, you'll always find the newest episodes streaming on the homepage. We also have all past episodes listed there so you can listen to them. We also have um, in the show notes of every episode, there's always links so you can subscribe to the show. If you like the show and you want a new episode every time it comes up, and you use uh, Apple Podcasts, or if you use Stitcher, or Google Play, or Blurberry, or it probably is just pronounced Blueberry, but it looks like it's spelled differently. If you have any of those, we're on those. Subscribe to us there. Um, we, we'd, we'd love it if, if, if we could build an audience. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, the website's got a little section called Pop Talk. Click on that, drop us a little line. We'll try to get back to you. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at, at Subcultist. Uh, I can be followed on Twitter as well at rh canning and i've actually tried to pick up my my twitter uh, pers- uh what the fuck presence? am i trying to say presence twitter thank you presence? my twitter presence i've i've posted you know like four things in the last four weeks so yay <laughs> me that's in a row and not all this <laughs> year but um, it is the new year, and, and this didn't necessarily close out very well. But in the coming weeks, I think we've got some new stuff coming up. I, I'm hoping to. And uh, basically, I would like to be more engaged with an audience. So we got to figure out how to do that, talking, conversations, having people on the show. So hopefully in the coming weeks, we'll put that together. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, check out the website. Check out the show. Um, check out this great new catchphrase I got. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Don't, what are you apologizing for? I'm I sorry. Know. I just I didn't feel prepared tonight, and I think it showed. I oh, thought we no, had a good no, no. middle part. But. I think we got a good middle part, and I think we got a good middle part. People always wait to the middle part. People never stop at the beginning and be like, "This is awful," but the middle part's gonna. You're gonna turn the middle part into the most part like the majority of the show mm-hmm. will be that middle part that's what that's your that's where your genius lies in taking out that first 15 minutes or you know taking a couple minutes here and there out of the first 15 having a nice middle part that's now oh that's like the beginning of this episode and i don't know how you're going to end it because that that was tough don't you think that it'd be great if my strength was just being good at this versus <laughs> putting the middle part first 